Coming to you live from the most powerful city in the world. Welcome to the Sideline Junkies. Sponsored by Anchor FM. Take it away, fellas. Good Monday evening to everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies Redskins Perspective. Yes, indeed, we've got a new name for our new show. Uh, Big guy KG sitting in right now alone because my collaborator, my brother, my partner, the creator of said show, Redskins Perspective, is a little under the weather. So he chucked me the keys and said, hey, go knock one out the park and hold it down. So that's the big guy came in to do. Uh, Little news and notes from the Burgundy and Gold about uh, OTAs and what went on. Um, Shout out to the beat reporters first. John Kime, Craig Hoffman, Kareem Copeland, Kimberly A. Martin, all the beat writers for the Redskins for keeping us updated and abreast of everything that's going on down at Redskin Park. Um, Big ups uh, also to the radio stations, 106.7 The Fan, uh, the Team 980, especially Doc Walker, Brian Mitchell, Scott Jackson, all those guys uh, for letting us know what's going on when we can't be there. These are some notes right here from John Kine from last week and some OTA practice observations. Uh, First off, he said cornerback Jimmy Moreland continues to stand out. He had three picks today, which of course is fantastic, but the key is always he's around the ball. The The ball seemingly in the right spot. Number two, quarterback Dwayne Haskins made some throws that few others here have been able to make. Loft in a deep ball with perfect trajectory to Chasen that should have been caught, but Haskins also was a little off on other throws. Moreland took advantage of uh Moreland took advantage and picked three of those off. The fourth was a tip pick. Case Keenum looked sharper and connected a few times with Troy Quinn on underneath routes. Number three, linebacker Montez Sweat is impressive. When pads come on, It'll be interesting to see him used on some inside rushes. He drove rookie guard Wes Martin back today. And Sweat runs well. Number four, I don't know what Dominique Rogers Carmody will do, but he's an, an engaging personality. And with that veteran savvy, excuse me, I'm tongue-tied here, could see him anticipating routes and reading the quarterback. So, looking at everything that John Kime said, let's start off with Jimmy Moreland. Jimmy Moreland was a seventh round pick, the 227th pick in this year's draft just passed. And, you know, you don't really take a seventh round pick to make uh, this type of impact off, you know, just OTAs. But, hey, young fella, keep doing what you're doing. He's 5'10, 179 out of James Madison. Uh, Hopefully he makes a pretty daggone good impact because it's a lot of players at corner on this team. But if he keeps progressing like this through OTAs and now that that's over, training camp's coming up, he's going to be pretty good because at corner, he's got a fight with Adonis Alexander, Quentin Dunbar, Deion Harris, Danny Johnson, Fabian Moreau, Josh Norman, DRC, and Greg Stroman for playing time and a spot because, you know, 
we already know as of right now, Josh Norman is a lock for, for you know for the season to start unless they cut him between now and end of the preseason. Quentin Dunbar lock. I think Danny Johnson might be a lock and Greg Greg Strowman. Uh Dominic Rogers Cromartie, just his his knowledge alone kind of makes him a lock. So you, you got a lot of guys he's gonna fight for, but he's making a name for himself and that looks pretty daggone good on a resume. I will say that now. Moving on to point number two that he made about Dwayne Haskins. Uh he's making some throws that few others here haven't have uh few others here have been able to make. <sighs> One thing I don't want to do with Dwayne Haskins, I'm glad he's messing up now. And, you know, he threw four picks. Okay, fine. That's why I said when he was drafted, don't anoint him the heir apparent, the savior of the franchise. It's too heavy of a burden for him to carry right out the gate. They kind of sort of put that on RG3, and we've seen how that turned out. But that was also, that was coaching along with issues with the players. So, you know, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to badmouth RG3. There will be no RG3 bashing coming from this man right here, the big guy, KG. So, moving on. But Dwayne Haskins, he cannot carry this entire franchise and all the baggage that comes with it. And if you think that, you know, he's going to come out and he's going to deliver 12 wins rookie year, I think that's a little too much. Hence why I said right after the draft, I'd rather see him carry a clipboard for the first season and get itself situated and then, you know, take the reps and practice and get better. Just my opinion there on Dwayne Haskins, but he is a talent. He's been compared to Ben Roethlisberger for size, the way he throws, uh, arm strength, everything. So, I mean, that's good company to be in. And Big Ben is elite, so. Uh, Case Keenum. I think Case Keenum would look sharp anyway. He's a vet in this league. Uh, He has a chance to be the starter, the opening day starter, uh, coming up this season. So I think he's ready for the competition. He's ready to rock. So Case Keenum doing good. If that pushes Dwayne Haskins to do good and do better, I'm all for it. I'm all for a little competition, so that's good. Uh, Montez Sweat was exactly what everybody thought he would be. Um, yeah, he pushed a rookie back. I would love to see him come around the corner and deal with Morgan Moses, deal with uh, the silverback Trent Williams. I'd love to see him go one-on-one on the inside with Brandon Sheriff. I mean, that's the only way he can get better. And hopefully with that offensive line, they're training and teaching Eric Flowers the guard position because, brother, you can't play the tackle. You're like a revolving door. So hopefully, little you move you to the inside, and it becomes what it, you know, on the other side, on the left side, it becomes another Brandon Sheriff situation because Brandon Sheriff was drafted as a tackle. They moved him to the inside, and now look at him, one of the best right guards, one of the best guards, period, in the NFL, and about to get paid. Um. So Montez Sweat, he's going to cause 
have it. Um, I think me and BJ talked about it uh, last week. He's going to open up a lot for Ryan Kerrigan on the other side. And it's gonna. I think it's going to be kind of sort of a Dexter Manley, uh, Charles Mann thing. You know, when Dexter Manley was here, Charles Mann had 15, 16 sacks. And Dexter Manley still had – no, I'm sorry. Charles Mann had 14. Dexter Manley had 15. So, you know, it, it could be that type of situation where your ends are, are, are doing what they got to do for each other and they, they're handling the business. So – um, last but not least, Dominique Rogers Cromartie. Father Time. <laughs> DRC came into the league only eleven years ago. He was a two thousand eight draft pick, first round, sixteenth pick by the Arizona Cardinals. He's played with the Cardinals, the Eagles, the Broncos, the Giants, the Raiders. And now he's a Washington Redskin, two-time Pro Bowler, second-team All-Pro in 2016. <sighs> he knows the game. I mean, he's not old. That's the thing. I mean, football age, you would say he's old because he's past 30. But he's 33. He can still play in this league. So, 447 tackles, uh, 30 interceptions on a career, six defensive touchdowns, ball hawk. So, him back there, uh, the familiarity he has with uh, uh, Landon Collins, uh, the knowledge of the game. I think that was a that's just gonna be the the best part of the pickup. And and then if he comes in and he can play some nickel and he can shut down that middle and the two corners on the outside, whether it be Norman and whoever they can actually do their job and they can stop these passes across the middle, these deep posts and everything, free the safeties up to do what they got to do. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And I hope he's in everybody's ear and he brings that secondary up two more notches because they got exposed in the middle of last year. Once Alex Smith went down, they got exposed and really got exposed when DJ Springer was put on waivers. He covered up a lot. So it is what it is, and I'm I'm hoping that these notes coming out of OTAs are a sign of what's to come. Because I rather the mistakes be made now during OTAs and training camp, and then when the season start, live bullets start flowing, it's nothing. The repetition has already been in. Bang, bang, bang. You know, Redskins roll out the gate six, seven straight wins and finish the season 13-3 and three or something like that. You know, I mean, it's a long shot. Nobody's asking. I mean, it's just something that would be near and dear to my heart because I, I, I say we didn't back our way in the playoffs. We ran into the playoffs, and it was a marathon, and we didn't give up. That's what I'm feeling. So we're going to step aside for a second, take a quick break, come back with mm, – little old school Redskin news uh, just a little reminiscing about Redskins of yesteryear so stay tuned be right back and just like that we're right back like we never left 
promise you a little Redskins nostalgia, a little uh, 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 reminiscent of yesteryear. Let's let's think back to a happy time, a time where it, it was great to be a Redskin fan. We're gonna take it back to 1991, the Redskins' last Super Bowl season. Um, it was the 60th season in the NFL. The Redskins went 14 and two, first in the NFC East. I mean, they won 11 straight games before they lost one. How about that? This team is considered one of the greatest teams of all time. Some people say it's the greatest Super Bowl winner of all times. So, just a little capsule of what that team brought to the table. Mark Rippon had an outstanding year, eight and a half yards per pass attempt, which was second in the league, 3,564 passing yards. Best in, in the NFC. Ernest Bynum, 1,048. I remember, you know, that used to be the big thing, you know. 1,000 yards for a running back, that's a successful season. And that was fifth best in the NFL. Uh, Gary Clark and Art Monk both went over 1,000 yards receiving. Gary Clark, 1,340. Art Monk, uh, 1,049. The Redskins, this team was the last Super Bowl champion and never trailed in any of their playoff victories. A Joe Gibbs became the first head coach to win a Super Bowl with three different starting quarterbacks, which is legendary in itself. Uh, <laughs> this team had one of the brightest staffs. You had Joe Gibbs, who was the head coach. Richie Pettibone, who was the defensive coordinator. Rod Dowhauer was your quarterback's coach. Don Bro, your running back's coach. The great Charlie Taylor was your wide receiver's coach. And, I mean, you want to be a wide receiver, who else would you want to learn from than Charlie Taylor? Jim Hannafin and Rennie Simmons on the O-line. Uh, assistant to the receivers was Jack Burns. Uh, Larry Pecatello was assistant defensive coordinator. Torgy, Laverne Torgensen, was uh, the D-line coach. Emmett Thomas, the DB's coach. Wayne Severe was your special teams coach. This was one of the brightest staffs. And not to mention, this roster was built pretty much of just regular. I mean, it's you can't name on that 91 team outside of Daryl Green, Art Monk, Gary Clark, Ricky Sanders. Okay, fine. Give me a superstar off this team. You can't do it. Uh, Mark Rippin, your quarterback, best season of his career, never had another season that touched this. Uh, Stan Humphreys, who went on to quarterback the San Diego Chargers to a Super Bowl in 94, was on this team. Jeff Rutledge, Gerald Riggs. The great Brian Mitchell, and I call him the great Brian Mitchell. Go look up the stats. Number two in all-purpose, y'all. Should be in the Hall of Fame. It'll come soon. Uh, Ricky Irvins. Uh, James Jenkins, Ron Middleton, Terry or Don Warren at tight end. You had uh, 
I can't. I guess you couldn't call them the Hogs then, but you had guys that were a part of the Hogs and Russ Grimm and Jeff Bostic. Joe Jacoby was a Hog. On the other side, you had Jim Lachey. You also had Mark Schlereth, Raleigh McKenzie, Ed Simmons. So you had guys. You had Jason Buck at defensive end. Jumpy Gathers. If you don't know about Jumpy Gathers as a Redskins fan, I need you to sit down and rethink life. Jumpy Gaddis had what they called the forklift move. He was so strong, he would come off the line. He could lift an offensive lineman back. I mean, he would stick his arms out, lift him up, and push him back to the quarterback, move him out the way. Jumpy Gaddis right there. Strong guy. Uh, Charles Mann on that line. Uh, linebacker, you had Andre Collins, Kirk Govea, Matt Millen was on the team. He didn't play in the Super Bowl. He was inactive for the Super Bowl. Uh, Andre Collins in the secondary. You had Danny Copeland and Brad Edwards, Daryl Green, uh, A.J. Johnson, Martin Mayhew, Alvoid Mays, Alvin Walton. I mean, these guys, <laughs> they came together as a team, caught lightning in a bottle, went 14-2. And, and the second loss that they had, the first loss was against the Cowboys at RFK. The second loss, the last game of the season uh, against the Eagles, you know, garbage loss. You already got everything wrapped up. No need. But the preseason, they were one in three. One in three. No, no, nobody had any thoughts that they would come out and play like this. They started off the season with a 45 to nothing win at RFK over the Detroit Lions. Go down to Dallas eight days later. Squeak out one against Dallas 33 to 31. Then they come back home. Play the Cardinals, 34-0. You know, they pitched one, two, three. Three shutouts in the first five weeks. That, that That's saying something right there. They came off the bye, played the Giants, beat them, played, beat the Oilers, 16-13. Smashed the Falcons, 56-17. Uh, they wanted... They asked Mark Rippon, did he want to go for the touchdown record? He chose not to. He said, we're going to see these guys again. They dropped uh, the one I said to the Cowboys at RFK, 24-21, but didn't lose another important game for the rest of the season. They lost that last game at Veterans Stadium, 24-22, where none of the starters played. Then you go into the playoffs, you know, first round by the Falcons beat 49ers, they were coming off of an impressive emotional win. They come into D.C. with MC Hammer and Evander Holyfield, and they shooting music videos. Okay. That was what I like to refer to as the seat cushion game. The Redskins won that one 24-7, and after a touchdown, I mean, it rained seat cushions from the upper decks of RFK. And Anybody that has never seen the Redskins play at RFK, especially during the high times, the 80s, the early 90s, you talk about a stadium that when it got loud, not only did the stadium rock, the homes around the stadium, the windows would rattle at times because it got so loud. And that stadium was only 54,000. But it got so loud. That's what they're missing right now. They're missing that home field advantage. And you couldn't be anything but a Redskins fan to come to RFK. 
you couldn't be a Dallas fan. You were scared. It was like going into the vet and being an opposing team's fan. You were scared to go into RFK. Uh, after the seat cushion game, they come out to the NFC Championship game. Now, this is, what was that, 19? That was actually still 91, wasn't it? Um, I got to get the date right. But you come out to the... The playoffs, yeah, that was 90. It was actually 92. It had already switched over to the new year. The Detroit Lions, uh, that was an emotional game for the NFC Championship game. But uh, Glenn Brenner, who was a big Redskin fan, used to work for WUSA here in D.C., uh, he had passed away. And you've seen the banners hanging from the, the, uh, the upper decks. This one is for Glenn. And the Redskins did not disappoint. They beat the Lions 41 to 10. So think about that. They played the Lions twice that season. Played the first game of the season, NFC Championship game. They beat the Lions by a combined score of 86 to 10. If that's not domination, I don't know what is. I will say that. And that 91 Redskins, they knew how to administer an ass whooping properly. Ask the Buffalo Bills because we go into the Super Bowl. The Redskins go in at halftime, 17-0. They come out after the half, they score another 14. They just cruise after that. I mean, this is a game that Thurman Thomas lost his helmet before uh, before the, 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 the first play of the game. And Kenneth Davis had to start, so they were off kilter there and it was just downhill from there and all these years like, I think it took 20 some years I remember Bruce Smith doing his uh, Hall of Fame induction he said Thurman and remember when you couldn't find your helmet I took it you know but they say he always would put his helmet on the 34 yard line and do whatever he was going to do they said they were getting ready for Harry Connick Jr. I believe and they moved his helmet, but nobody knew what they did with his helmet. So, your league MVP, ladies and gentlemen, couldn't find his helmet. But I think thermonuclear has dealt with that enough. So, I'm not going to really give it to him. But your Washington Redskins bound up being Super Bowl champions for the third time in, what was that, nine years? So... Not a bad run. Not a bad run at all. Just hope that one day in the near, near future, and I mean, when I say near future, I'm talking next three to five years, we can get back to those winning ways where it's at least playoffs every year. That's expected, playoffs. And once playoffs become the norm again, then it's like, okay, we got a good team. We can do it. Then those talks of preseason where we go into the Super Bowl become more legitimate because right now as a Redskins fan the worst thing I heard, I hate to hear out of any other Redskins mouth oh we going to the Super Bowl we sound like Dallas Cowboy fans because they swear they going to the Super Bowl every year and yes I just took a shot at the Dallas Cowboys and their fans yes I did don't care that's what it's all about baby so I don't want I don't want us to sound like that as Redskins fans. We're, we're, we're too smart for that. We got to be realistic, but we also got to hedge ourselves. 
we 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 expect low, but we aim high. That way, when we you expecting seven and nine, but when you come in at eleven and five, oh, all right now, you know you kind of you feel better about it because if you think in fourteen and two, thirteen and three, and you're coming in at eleven and five, when eleven and five is a damn good season, but you're coming in at eleven and five. It's not a disappointment. It's not a letdown. I'm not saying lower the bar, but right now the bar is already low. We haven't done anything spectacular in 15 years, I'll say. Gibbs' first run, I'm, I'm, well, not first run, but his second tenure, but the first season, second season, I mean. So we haven't really done much. It hasn't been much to jump up and say you know all right we rolling 2012 was great 2015 was okay too but i'm talking that old school style where you just looked at it and you was like you know what this team is dominant enough they can run with the big dogs they can beat the rams of the league they can beat the patriots you know they can beat the dominant team they don't beat up on little sisters of the poor they're beating the dominant team. So that, that's what I want to get back to as a Redskins fan. Get back to our winning ways. So I'm going to go ahead and stop it right there. And you ever want to listen to us? Of course, if you already listen, of course, you already know. But you don't have Anchor. We're on Radio Public Breaker, CastBox. Google Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Podchaser, Podbean, Podcoin, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Player FM. That's 16 platforms you can listen to the sideline junkies. You can get that fix that you need. So, before I go, I want to shout out and tell everybody, give them a call. Littleton's Floor and Carpet Cleaning. Out of Wardorf, Maryland. They specialize in carpet cl- carpet cleaning, tile, and grout cleaning, floor finish, removal, and waxing. With over 24 years of experience, they are dedicated to keeping their customers educated and happy. Uh, their VLM end cap, very low moisture is what the VLM stands for. Cleaning process leaves your carpet dry within one to two hours. And they will leave your home cleaning smelling clean and fresh so make sure you give Littleton's floor and carpet cleaning a call 301-818-1407 their link is also on our Instagram page also on our Facebook page we have a link there for them that, that was just posted this morning so make sure you give them a call let them know you heard it on the sideline junkies and they're running a special on their website. It says $40 per room. And that special ends on June 9th. So make sure you get in, get that special done. Uh, summertime, you know, everybody going to have cookouts and the older folk going to want to sit in the house. They don't want to be outside sometimes. So you got to have that floor and that carpet clean. Don't hesitate or delay. Call today. All right, and of course, when it comes to the sideline junkie, speaking of websites, 
sidelinejunkies.com new and improved we're doing big things on there last show which was yesterday Sunday Rise BJ made a suggestion about doing a Q&A so I think ask a few questions get a few answers so with that being said just watch out for the questions of course the links to this episode which is Redskins Perspective will be under the football section um the Sunday Rise is under the basketball section I mean they're labeled Saturday Night WrestleManiacs under wrestling every episode you want to get to I'm sure it's a link if you can't find the link on sidelinejunkies.com you can always subscribe to us on any one of the 16 platforms we're on and they have every single episode I mean they go all the way back to the beginning when we first joined Anchor over a year and some change ago wish we could get the masses from our early recordings long before that so we could post those too and let everybody know what we came from to what we have now so hope everybody enjoyed this episode of Redskins Perspective I'm the big guy KG I don't do no overtime because they don't pay me for it we out of here This has been another Sideline Junkies production, sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.